to another Wednesday night fight back. Now, the other day I got a train uh, to Birmingham and the train was made in Belgium and the company that took me to Birmingham was a foreign state effectively. And I think that's not very satisfactory. And the question of railway nationalization or bringing railways back into public ownership has come up. And I gather, Michael, you're not convinced. I, firstly, I am convinced. I think that's what we need to do. But you're not convinced. Why aren't you convinced? Well, um, I think that I have, there are three things that I think you have to persuade me about. Um, nationalization means putting this back uh, to be governed by the Department of Transport, whatever it's called. Uh, and the first thing I would worry about is that I don't think they're very good. I don't think they have mm. a, a track record which um, in, should inspire trust. Mm. The second reason I have is that even if the Department of Transport employees were good, they would still be subject you know, what they could do would still be subject to the Treasury. And the Treasury would apply the Green Book rules. And if you apply the Green Book rules for public investments, that would mean you'd still get no improvement in the rail services, particularly in the north of England, where they've been systematically neglected and degraded for generations. As with many nationalized industries, the problem is that when you get a, an industrial dispute, it becomes immediately macro-political. And, uh, mm -hmm. it, it and that, I think, is probably not helpful. So overall, I think what you've got to prove to me is that, that this can be a better deal for the traveler and, and, and for Britain. Now, I'm, mm. uh, you, know, you might be able to persuade me, but I think these are tough hurdles. Well, let me give it a go. So firstly, um, if you look into the history of railway privatization it was it was the major government that did it and actually it was t a terribly uh, ideological nationalization it was they what major was trying to do was prove that he was still a thatcherite and he admits that and a lot of people that were involved admit that but what it's done is left us with a model where the state does all the heavy lifting in terms of the national track and then you allow um effectively people to take a punt on particular lines and yeah. make a bet the trouble is the model is unstable. Um, the East Coast line that I use a lot demonstrates it because periodically the, they get their sums wrong and then the state has to come in and, and, and step in and look after it. So, yeah. But worse than that, Michael, it's not an integrated national system. It's very, very bitty. So I'm, if I get a train from Corbridge to Newcastle, I'm on uh, Northern Rail uh, and then I'm on a LNER, which is presently in the state, but it used to be all, you know, it used to be private. And if you want to go south or west, you're in a different situation. So it seems to be really bizarre that you'd cut up a system that's meant to be integrated and, and well-organized like that. But my biggest gripe is actually just the sheer unpatriotic nature of this. The French or the Germans uh, would not do this. And, I, you know, Trenitalia or SNCF, you'd never get a situation where they would be humiliated to uh, ask other states to run their national railway and I think what the Tories have done here is strip the country of the chance to do anything that we can be proud of. Anyway, the point is that in the 70s, you had, yes, a lot of criticism about British Rail, but you had the capacity to design and build Intercity 125s, which at the time, yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually still are being used, phenomenal uh, bits of railway engineering. 
you know, and the 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 uh, power system, the powertrain for that was made in Essex, and it's a national system. What I just see, Michael, and it really upsets me, is is just a sense of national industrial capitulation, where, yep, I'm going to let you in in a second, where where <laughs> you just, you just allow the whole thing to tip over, and and it's outsourced and disintegrated, and we've lost it, and it's terrible. Nothing that you said, do I disagree with? Uh, I think your criticisms are absolutely right. Um, and the stripping away of na national infrastructural and industrial power uh, is, uh, you know, ghastly, needs to be um, uh, corrected. Um, and I'm certainly not going into bat for the privatizations which, which were put through. But mm. uh, criticizing, correctly criticizing, you know, I agree with all your criticisms about about, uh, about the system as we now have it. Mm. So the question is, what do you do now? How do you fix it? Now, a straightforward nationalization, I think, does run into the problems I mentioned. You know, it's run mm. by the Department of Transport, Department of Transport, who aren't very good. You're then subjected to treasury rules, which means that nothing gets done. And you also politicize any labor disputes. These are serious problems. However, I, you know, is it not possible to devise uh, a system of control whereby the ills which you have identified can be addressed and corrected, and at the same time, we actually start to build nationally for ourselves a proper rail system? Now, I think it is possible to envisage something like that. And let me explain how I would, what I would consider the alternative. And it really, you know, this comes from, you know, you see it in, in Asia a lot that you put, you do allow private companies um, to run this organization, but at the same time, you put them under a very strict scheme of control that says, look, you can make a, 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 a return on your investment of fixed assets, not of anything else, but just, you know, the mm. value of the fixed asset at mm. say 8% or whatever. Mm. And therefore, the amount of profit that you can earn will be directly related and only directly related to the amount mm. that you invest in order to build this system. I, and it seems to me that that way you could get the investment that we need uh, and you could probably get an efficient railway system without, without you know, worrying about some of the problems that you would get with a classical nationalization. Now, whether those well, individual companies are state-owned or private, I don't really mind. But the point mm. is, you can do it. I think there ought to be ways you can do it with involving the private capital raising, um, which well, would be useful. Well, let, let's take that on. So uh, first, um, I totally agree that if um, the whole network and the system and the rail uh, railways were taken back into public ownership, it has to be uh, for the public i mean there's no it's not for the unions exclusively it's not carve-ups and, and what we had to some extent in the 70s but i think some of the 70s industrial uh trouble was embedded with sort of in the in the, in the cold war actually i think yeah, yeah, truthfully yeah, yeah. i think yeah. it, whether you'd get that now is is debatable but what i don't buy is that the model that we have now uh is satisfactory effectively it's rather like the water industry the model gives people a punt to bleed out, to bleed out profits. Yeah. Oh, actually, we, I, and the, the, I think your comrades union did it, but there's a very good uh, video, slightly spoofy video. Thank you very much for the profits because we could pile them into the Dutch railways. 
And it's, it just this can't be right. I mean, it's, it just seems, you know, I'm, I'm against that in principle. And also, I, I cannot buy that, um, that it, 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 we exclusively uh, uh, as a nation are, are incapable of running a national network if other European nations can do it. So I, I, my, my point I always make about this, you've got to get the right people leading it. And I would go for the engineers and actually, to be honest, yeah, 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 yeah. enthusiastic about railways. And I would have them running uh, Royal British Railways and I'd have a decent livery system and I would have it from Caithness to Cornwall and it would be a national system. Um, the question about the, the, the Treasury's control, I, I would I would flip that back to you. So well, they don't. There's not much investment now. I mean, what they're doing oh, no. is putting, putting the wrong, putting, I mean, the 100, 120 billion they're putting into HS2 was just ridiculous. If you if you gave that to uh, a, a nationalized railway, you, you'd get a lot of refurbishment, but you wouldn't get that scheme, I can promise you. So, yeah, I think, I mean, yes, I, I take some of the points, but I just don't buy, I mean, what, often if backed into a corner on this stuff, I would ask the rhetorical question, do you think it's working now? Obviously, uh, I think, you know, to compare any industry with the water industry <laughs> is a bit of a low blow since since yeah, they are absolutely yeah. scandalous, absolutely mm. scandalous, absolutely should be put under scheme of control. Um, mm. uh, maybe it's possible to uh, rejig the system and put it under public ownership and avoid some of the mistakes that I think are very likely. Um, I think it would have to be done in conjunction with really overhauling uh, the Treasury and particularly the Green Book rules, which I agree I think, with you. I, I think can't just can't be allowed to stand for another decade, for God's sake. I, I know I totally agree with you, and I, I think the thing that gives the lie to that is is on uh, uh, investment raising is that the risk-free rate is usually the lowest rate. I just don't buy <laughs> that the government couldn't have a, a Royal British Railways bond if they wanted to, and you've said that. Oh, uh, yes, for that well. purpose, but they could do it if they wanted to. And this applies to so much. I mean, my hunch on this, Michael, it's weird. I, I really think that human beings, there's a sort of, you know, I'm not sort of uh, quoting Nietzsche or anything, but there's a sort of cyclical, there's a cyclical thing to a lot of this stuff. P things go in fashions. And I think, I think the railway privatization model and a lot of the other privatization models in the UK have just run out of road. They've oh, tried totally. this and it, so I it's completely just not agree. worked. But I think a good national railway system that we can be proud of in public hands is something that's worthwhile anyway. I think that having the freedom to travel, um, for the freedom for people to explore their country and know their country better is, mm. a, is a, a huge good that we have ceded and are seeding um, through basically incompetent railways and now through these, um, you know, charges to get into cities. Mm. So um, I think that classical, you haven't persuaded me that classical nationalization is, is, is the answer. You have persuaded me that I didn't need any persuading that uh, the current system is hopeless. Uh, I mm. think we should work to discover just exactly how we can bring the national interest in its broadest sense, back into in, in, into organising the rail industry in a way which mm. plainly isn't being served right now. Well, I, I, the first thing I bring back, Michael, is belief, actually, yeah. in pride in, in yeah. a system that we all own, and I think that's that's partly the key to what I'm, I'm I'm arguing for. And I think you bring the public on on board, and you could you could get it rolling, and it'd be great. And I think it's got to happen, actually. And I think it will happen.
Well, uh, I, I, I go back to the, uh, the great Iggy Pop um, passenger. You know, let's take a ride and see what's mine. Well, there you go. So we've got Nietzsche and Iggy Pop in the same way. <laughs> we are. What could be better for a Friday night fight or a Wednesday night really? fight back? What's not to love? Okay, thanks very much, Michael. Take okay. care. Cheers.